You are listening to the Blockchain Dialogues podcast. All views expressed on this show are for educational purposes only and not meant to be taken as financial advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blockchain Dialogues podcast with your hosts Krishna and Nikhil. In this podcast series, we analyze the various cutting-edge technologies and projects in the field of blockchains, distributed ledger technologies, and cryptocurrencies. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about a project that has drawn the attention of some of the biggest names in the Ethereum community, and that project is Moloch DAO. DAO stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization. It has been conceptualized to be an organization that can operate and run across borders on a decentralized blockchain network, which is directly controlled by the participants of that network. Unlike other DAOs in the past, Moloch is designed to effectively coordinate resources for issuing grants to projects within the Ethereum community. Some even describe it as a project with crypto economic innovations that can help fast track the development of projects on the Ethereum network. So in this episode, we're going to be looking at some of the basic concepts of what a DAO is, a brief history of our experiments with DAOs in the past, what has worked, what has failed, and we'll also be taking a closer look at Moloch DAO and analyze how it can solve some of the problems of DAOs that have existed in the past. So before we begin with a detailed analysis, uh, Nikhil, would you like to add any thoughts as to why Moloch DAO is interesting and why we are discussing it today? And like maybe just one or two of your top reasons. So Moloch DAO is interesting because uh, most of the rules uh, in Moloch DAO don't, aren't directly related to the management of the fund. Uh, a better way to, an interesting way to think about it is to if, uh, imagine if you're a company and uh, there, there's stock and you have, uh, and its stock does only two things. It allows you to vote on issuing new stock and it allows you to destroy your stock to get access to its capital. And unlike traditional organization, the stock is not used to continuously control and manage the capital of the organization. And the only way to get access to the organization's capital is to destroy stock along with its rights to vote on issuing no stock. In other words, if you have 10% of the stock, you destroy your 10% and you get 10% of the capital that the current organization would have at that time. Under no other circumstances can you access the underlying resources availability in the uh, organization. You can get only the capital if you destroy your ability to vote on who gets access to the capital. No director, no employees. There's no specific human uh, deciding where to send the money in the organization. Now, in order to acquire stock in this organization, you have to ask the existing stockholders through a vote to create new stock for you. Ideally, in exchange for some kind of resources that you start to pay to the organization. Thus, the supply of stock and the supply of capital will grow and shrink in time. The immediate goal of the Moloch DAO is to fund and further the development of Ethereum 2. Great. So let's begin with the very basics. All right. So for our audience who don't know what a DAO is, uh, as we mentioned earlier, DAO spelled as D-A-O stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization. As the name suggests, a DAO is an organization that in theory would run over a decentralized network spread across the globe in a fully autonomous manner with minimum or no interference from central authority or central institutions. So basically, it would be funded in a decentralized manner. Its operations would be decentralized, the reporting would be decentralized, and it would be accountable primarily to its network participants. 
DAO as an organizational concept was actually born after the advent of blockchain technology, specifically after the birth of Ethereum. The fundamental thinking behind the process uh, was that if you could have a fully decentralized currency that the world can use, and if the blockchain can be used as a fully decentralized database that people can store information on, why can you not have a fully decentralized organization that can you know, run with full autonomy? which is uh, accountable to and you know controlled by the participants of its network. So most DAOs that have been created till date, uh, their primary purpose has been to act as a fundraising platform to fund some kind of projects or the other. For practical purposes, uh, you can imagine a DAO to be a fully decentralized venture capital firm that funds other projects or companies using a decentralized currency such as Ethereum or EOS or something else. And the reason why DAOs are sort of synonymous with uh, a funding platform is because funding individual projects is probably the best or the most effective way to get something done in the real world using this sort of a decentralized organization structure. So when DAOs were actually just starting off, the very first one was called the DAO, which was, uh, of course, you know, the, the very first one built on the Ethereum network. And this was, I guess, back in 2015 to 2016-ish sort of uh, time frame. Uh, at that point of time, the DAO was probably, you know, the hottest buzzword in, in the whole crypto space at that, at that point of time. It was being seen as uh, this really revolutionary concept, you know, where you can run an entire organization without needing a person as a president or a CEO, you know, to run that organization. Uh, and the organization would rather be controlled by a decentralized community of people, right? So uh, the the main, you know, the the DAO project back in 2015 was probably one of the highest crowdfunded projects till you know that point of time, and it was like something to the tune of 150 million dollars or so that they had raised, and. Uh, the most prominent project that was actually being funded on this DAO at that time it was called Slocket, and uh, Slocket was actually some sort of a smart lock. Nikhil, do you want to uh, just give some insight into what Slocket project was and you know how how <laughs> what happened with it on on the DAO? Uh, sure. So uh, I'm not uh, so so just to point out. Uh, in fact, the DAO project. Uh, uh, was responsible for one of the largest rises in the value of Ethereum at that time. Okay, so it, I, I still remember it was uh, you could literally see the value of ETH go up uh, in leaps and bounds as the uh, window for investing in DAO uh, started, uh, you know, started progressing through the window of uh, investing in DAO. Uh, yeah, and, and it was, uh, like you pointed out, a very uh, heady time. There were people who were uh, very, uh, you know, very gung-ho about, you know, this uh, decentralized community that will do great things. Uh, Slocket essentially was one of those uh, projects that was uh, uh, also, at that particular time, uh, a pretty major player so the idea there essentially was uh, to how can you uh, control uh, the physical world from blockchains right and uh, the idea of slocket is pretty simple it was a uh, electronic lock and uh, the way it worked essentially was that 
it had uh, the lock basically had an associated smart contract on the ethereum network and uh, uh, the way uh, the, the lock was basically deployed onto some particular you know uh, property so you could close a box or you could close a house or you could you could uh, uh, put it on uh, and 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 secure some kind of property right and uh, the only way you essentially uh, gained access to the lock uh, was that the lock uh, issued a key and uh, the way you gained access to that key is basically by providing uh, uh, your funds to it so you gave money into that smart contract and uh, the uh, the uh, and you were issued a key and that key basically would be used to unlock the lock uh, this is obviously a digital key and you use bluetooth technology uh, but at a fundamental level this is basically what it was but you uh, you know there were stories built around how this could actually revolutionize uh, the rental market and airbnb and there were a whole bunch of speculations around it um uh, so the idea essentially was that this would be uh, not for, not managed centrally it would be through this decentralized autonomous organization and uh, the dao came up at that time and they funded slocket uh, yeah unfortunately even before the project could take off and you know the dao itself started uh, had a major challenge and it kind of shut down uh, kk could you kind of uh, shed some light onto that sure so i guess you know it was somewhere around june 2016 i would say that uh, a hacker found a loophole in one of the smart contracts uh, which you know regard with the, the one of the slocket smart contracts on the dow and uh, he or she was basically able to steal about 70 million dollars worth of ether uh, no actually uh, just want uh, there was a loophole in the dow itself it was not on the slocket smart contract in the dow smart contract itself so it was basically a, a reentry hack uh, the uh, dao uh, allowed you to uh, you know uh, uh, there was a, a bug in the contract uh, that allowed you to siphon money into new accounts and uh, i think uh, about 70 million dollars worth of ether was kind of siphoned off in less than 24 hours 20, 20, less than 2 days or something like that and uh, basically that actually led to a major uh philosophical uh, divide right so where as to what to do about this so uh, the community basically had two choices you keep the code and honor the theft and uh, you know say that okay uh, the smart contract being on the ethereum uh, network it was deployed it cannot be changed uh so therefore essentially the hack was somehow part of that particular contract uh so there's nothing you can do about the money the money is gone or the other one would be to basically rewrite uh and fork the project and rewrite the base code in such a way that the stolen funds would be locked and uh, unusable and uh, that that's that that would then uh, the money would then be somehow uh refunded right uh so this is when the network kind of hard forked and uh, we got the birth of the ethereum classic project so the ethereum classic project basically on decided to go the way of uh, the smart contract or the code is law and uh, it uh, it 
it it passed on that that particular uh, path and uh, ethereum basically went down the path of actually rolling back uh, the funds and uh, uh, killing that particular dao con smart contract right so after this whole fiasco basically uh, i think the daos in general got a pretty bad reputation right i mean initially they were seen as this really big promising thing and this event was sort of a reality check that <laughs> uh, you know on th- on th- in theory uh, decentralized autonomous organization sounds great but you know when when you have an event like this how does the community take a decision in the case of a big theft you know uh, like something to the tune of 70 million dollars worth of uh, digital currency right so i guess you know people realize that you know when you say code is law uh, still you you are faced with difficult decisions you know as a community to make in during during such events so i think you know since this whole event uh, there has not been any significant dao project you know that has gained the same sort of traction that this very first one had gained uh and uh, one of the developments like on the uh, on the regulatory side was that initially when uh, the daos were conceptualized it was obvious that you know this would run into prob- you know jurisdiction problems you know with with a lot of different uh, uh you know regulatory authorities uh because essentially you are you're floating currency or you're floating uh, uh securities on a on a distributed network so i think it was somewhere in june 2017 uh i think i think june 2017 that uh, the sec the united states sec securities and exchange commission had uh, given an official clarification uh, with regard to the stand on uh the dow project and they claim that you know the the uh, the entity basically floated uh, unregulated securities in the market and uh, so it was basically an illegal act so i i guess that is something that um, daos still need to deal with uh, going forward uh, the regulatory atmosphere with regard to cryptocurrencies or crypto assets being uh, uh, securities that is still not clear uh, in most parts of the world i would say uh so that that's sort of where we stand so with with this background story of daos and you know how they exist as a concept as of today uh nikhil do you want to go into the details of you know what moloch dao specifically is and why it matters sure so uh so name moloch uh basically refers to the canonite god of child sacrifice in ancient times basically uh, there was a uh, tribe called the carthaginians and they believed in sacri- that sacrificing children to moloch in times of war would increase their odds of uh, victory right uh, so that that's but uh, that's be that as it's may i i i'll kind of uh, uh, focus a little bit on more on the current uh, interpretation so uh, the moloch dao white paper was written uh, by uh, amin sulaimani arjun buktani james young uh, lane haber and rahul sethram and uh, basically uh, it's the kind of for all practical purposes the face of it is uh, amin sulaimani uh, amin is basically a uh, is also well known for being uh, uh, you know a little Uh, the ceo of spank chain uh, so spank chain essentially is a token 
for uh, uh, providing uh, you know digital uh, uh, ethereum based uh, can, uh, tokens token for digital uh, finance for the adult industry uh he before that he was uh, also working at consensus uh, i think he worked on a few projects with them i think he was building digi- uh, decentralized energy trading trading etc so this white paper uh, is uh, if you read it uh, it says that they were inspired by this book called the meditations on moloch uh, by scott alexander uh, who in turn basically was discussing uh, this character from allen ginsberg's poem called howl uh which is essentially moloch right and uh, alexander basically points out uh that while the poet seemed to be talking about the pitfalls of capitalism and how uh, you know moloch could be considered a demon uh, that is arising the demons of capitalism uh he basically tried to uh, interpret it as uh, the tendency of human beings to consistently choose uh suboptimal solutions to group coordination problems so the tragedy of the commons kind of idea where uh you know uh, in the case in the case of the canonites or the carthaginians uh this tribal belief that child sacrifice was required and uh, uh basically led to this uh, vicious cycle where you know if if they had any a uh, tragedy in, or they lost any war they believe that they did not sacrifice enough and then they sacrificed even more right so that's kind of like the uh, irony of that uh, so in the context of moloch dao the name moloch can be considered like an ironic joke about the futility of attempting to solve group coordination problems uh, and it's also a meme uh, to spread awareness about these real life uh, Uh, coordination uh, group coordination uh, crypto economic problems right if i could just add a point i was listening to this uh, interview of the ceo uh, amin uh, sulemani and you know he sort of tied the whole moloch concept to basically group sacrifice right like like you very correctly mentioned so uh, i guess you know they they follow how they are different from other daos from what i could understand is that you know they make uh, people pledge funds into this ecosystem and you know if the uh, basically you know the, if if they sacrifice they sacrifice it all together or uh, as as a community they lose it or uh, you know the 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 person who is uh, looking for a benefit out of the system should be you know either willing to work for the system so that that sort of you know, it's i would say collective sacrifice or you know community sacrifice is sort of the central theme you know which which uh, he ties up in the crypto economics of this ecosystem <laughs> so that's just something that caught my eye yeah right right so the way moloch dao incentivizes coordination is like he was pointing out is by collapsing that uh, i uh, the the separation so in in a company traditionally the stock of a company and the functioning of a company or the capital of the company are divided separate parts and there is a there is the you know the executives and the board and all of those people who actually manage that uh moloch kind of collapses all of it it creates uh, uh so so like you pointed out uh, you to join the moloch basically you have to make a sacrifice of some sort of resources and those resources form a, co- a travel are joined into a common pool and anybody leaving basically uh, so yeah so that's the other part of it uh, so 
on one hand you're collapsing the uh, coordination of the company into one process and then it creates additional incentives for defectors to defect and exit so if you don't agree you can easily exit the the dow right and this basically is meaningful because it keeps the core owners more gainfully committed so the people who are not interested uh, get to leave right but uh, in order to uh, so so it, there is an incentive within the community to make sure that the people who are actually invested and who are the thing are incentivized to stay right and uh, the they are all committed in the same way right uh, so it the the hypothesis is that by reducing the steps and process involved in managing the capital and making it leave, uh, easier for people to leave and defect or defect it reduces the coordination cost right now there is a trade off basically that means that everybody has to agree there is little space for uh, you know nuanced control and all that uh, so it's not that flexible of an organization but uh, the advantage essentially is that the a the uh, coordination uh, is easier because it's a very simple set of rules that you have to worry about and uh, they depend on uh, these this game theoretic concept right so the uh, idea of uh, moloch tau and how it solves the strategy of the commons is that since everybody is basically uh, part you know, pro- providing their tribute so they are all you are all invested in some way into this particular common uh, into this particular dao and more importantly anybody can quit at any time and take their their, their percentage of the uh, depending on the number of shares that they have their percentage of the uh, uh, capital and leave that uh, you know the feeling or the uh, uh, the problem of okay who is going to actually uh, uh, use that money and who is going to actually uh, manage that money is eliminated because it's a direct uh, way of doing it uh so the way you actually want if you want to use the capital of the moloch uh dao you you basically submit a proposal uh for uh, with a certain amount of tribute tribute and a voting uh, voting share and it the proposal basically gets voted on and uh, uh if your uh, uh proposal is accepted then uh, you get a certain number of shares and that shares basically you quit with those shares and then the capital comes along with you right so for example if uh, uh i as a uh, developer want to build uh, on improve some particular part of the ethereum to uh, technical stack right uh, i want to write a new uh, development language say i can basically come back and say you know i have uh, this is my tribute my tribute will be basically the contribution of uh, uh this code into the public good uh and uh, basically the uh, i will also uh, create i might create a token that says okay each token represents a certain amount of time that i have which i will make available for consulting uh, or development and uh, then i ask for a certain amount of shares right i say okay fine i want uh, 
uh, x number of shares depending on the amount of uh, capital that I need to raise. And that proposal uh, again has to be proposed by one of the uh, members. It goes for a voting. If I am voted, I basically get that. I, I am now part of that particular Moloch DAO with that percentage of shares. So when I quit, I will get that capital transferred over to my account. And then I have to in turn demonstrate I can do whatever I want with it. I can I can uh, write my program. I can uh, do, uh, use it for something else. But at the end of the day, I'm incentivized to, uh, you know, act in the right manner because my reputation is on uh, at stake right now. If I ever want to get back into the Moloch Tao, right, I want to get more money from the Moloch Tao. I again have to submit a proposal and I have to get voted on. So if if I act dishonorably or uh, if I don't act according to what I had promised uh, I, there is no chance the other members will be incentivized to actually vote me in right or, or uh, give me more get me inside uh, the, uh, the DAO again uh, on the other hand if I uh, if I've uh, joined the DAO and uh, for whatever reason I don't need the money just yet or I don't need that capital just yet. I'm free to leave it over there and I can uh, vote on other proposals or I, I find there is another proposal that is more uh, useful than me. I can uh, vote on that proposal and then, you know, they can then get that capital. So these, uh, you know, this particular, uh, uh, the, the mechanism of uh, Moloch DAO is pretty straightforward. Uh, it's it it uh, by but by being so transparent about it and by keeping it so straightforward and simple, it makes makes it very hard for people to actually uh, kind of uh, defect, right? Uh, the other interesting aspect about it is that uh, you is the idea of rage quitting, right? So whenever a contract, whenever a, a proposal is uh, up for uh, voting. It's a seven-day voting period. Uh, the proposals are all sequential. So you vote only on one proposal at a time. There's a seven-day voting period and then there's a seven-day grace period. Mm -hmm. So if you voted yes on a proposal, you're committed to the proposal. If you voted no on a proposal, you have a seven-day pre-period in which you can rage quit. Uh, the rage quitting essentially is that is for people who do not like the outcome of the voting, right? They can immediately leave the organization right so they can say okay uh, Moloch DAO is no longer aligned to my values or uh, and uh, uh, is no longer uh, uh, you know following uh, I do not agree with what they are doing therefore I want to leave and they can immediately leave and they get uh, proportional to the number of shares they will uh, get uh, uh, they will get their capital right now, this actually has some interesting implications. So let's let's just go through a few of those implications. Okay. So assuming you have uh, a, a proposal where uh, a, some bunch of people uh, voted no on it, right? Before even the voting is happening, uh, the proposal basically the people who are putting the proposal up will do the canvassing and make sure that uh, a majority of the Moloch DAO is aligned. Because for them, basically, if they 
do not uh, uh, do that and a lot of people rage quit right they cannot rage quit right they voted yes so they would have to commit a larger amount of their uh, capital for this particular uh, proposal because uh, the the proposal is asking for a certain number of shares right and that share is the percentage of the available capital so if the capital is shrinking then obviously your percentage of that particular capital goes up uh, for the proposal now so that is one incentive the second incentive essentially is that okay if i rage quit and i quit and uh, i can quit for uh, if i am quitting for uh, game theoretic reason so if i am quitting just in the the thing that i can uh, i i want to prove a point or i i i i have some kind of uh, uh, you know uh, it's i'm doing it so that i can uh, get away with uh, force people to use more capital i want to conserve my capital that's fine but what you are doing over here is your reputation is getting uh, attacked uh, or rather uh, uh, is hit right you're taking a hit on your reputation and uh, you are basically going to be less inclined so you you're you're leaving the dow altogether so you will not be able to vote on anything else you will not be able to participate on anything else so you're completely quitting and so if you want to rejoin you would have to convince these very same people to take you back in right so if there is a fundamental difference in philosophy you can take your money and leave and you walk away but if you're doing it for uh, other reasons then you're going to have a problem because those other people are now incentivized not to actually take you back on right because you cost them money you cost them capital right uh, so these kind of so, so it's 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 the it's the game theoretic uh, thing uh, piece of that uh, part of molokdao that makes it actually quite in, so interesting and uh, i think that's also one of the reasons why if you look at uh, some of the people who've joined right you have joseph loben you have vitalik you have quite a few of the uh, pretty uh, luminary luminary people in uh, uh, ethereum being part of this in fact the ethereum foundation itself has uh, you know voted has has uh, has joined this particular molok dao they 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 gave a tribute of uh, i think it was a 100 ethereum 1000 ethereum i think and uh, they, yeah 1000 ethereum they gave a tribute of 1000 ethereum to join and uh, be part of the uh, molok dao so uh, the the team basically has got a lot of backing uh, i mean solamani is also one of the uh, uh, luminaries in the ethereum space so there there is a, a certain amount of excitement around molokdao uh, again they make it uh, quite clear that its uh, aim is to basically improve the uh, ethereum to uh, protocol and uh, back projects that ethereum uh, that help the ethereum to uh, ethereum to uh, protocol and uh, ethereum to uh, could you actually just uh, briefly just shed some light on ethereum 2.0 and like uh, so w- w- where does molok dao fit with that and you know what sort of projects it's looking to fund specifically so uh, so molok dao is uh, is is kind of trying to become the funding vehicle for ethereum 2.0 right 
So the the uh, Ethereum 2.0 essentially is a set of protocols and set of technologies that are being currently researched and currently being built. Uh, so, so this would include things like the uh, Casper protocol, uh, the proof of stake Casper protocol that uh, uh, Ethereum wants to move towards. Uh, it it also talks. It also would be things like. Uh, the uh, uh, the test network for it, the uh, new the re redone uh, 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 clients for it, so you know uh, rewriting uh, uh, the Ethereum clients so that they support the Ethereum uh, version two uh, consensus and the Ethereum version two protocol, uh, rewriting the uh, creating the test nets for it, creating the main net. Uh, before uh, the the development tools for it all of these these are things that are already there for ethereum vision version one which need to be rewritten or either rewritten or upgraded to support ethereum version two right and also the idea over here essentially is that ethereum version two is a proof of stake protocol so you have validators right so uh, you need to write validation nodes and uh, you need to have validators uh, running on the network so there there is a uh, uh, effort in bringing validators and bringing people into the ethereum 2.0 uh, chain uh, and the network and and starting to starting to set up that base set of validators that need that are needed so all of this basically is kind of bunched together into uh, so it's a, it's a, it's known as the serenity fork right and it's the uh, it's one of the 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 roadmap for it is basically uh, supposed to come out in early 2020 but uh, or the first half of 2020 but uh, yeah so there is a little bit of concern about you know uh, whether that is going to happen and you know uh, how many people are working on it so uh, this is this is essentially one i guess one way that uh, uh, amin wants to kind of uh, uh, amin and his team or the molok dao team want to kind of create incentives to uh, get people excited about and working on ethereum 2.0 so so that's ethereum 2.0 and uh, molok basically is essentially a dao uh, funding vehicle for ethereum 2.0 that's i think one of the reasons why the ethereum foundation also has contributed uh, but personally i think ethereum foundation has also contributed because they want to explore this experiment because uh, if this actually works out it's a much more uh, robust and decentralized way of uh, uh, funding uh, funding projects than you know some of the some of the things that the ethereum foundation does it's a more transparent it's more transparent and definitely uh, less uh, what do you call it uh, unwieldy cumbersome legally uh, and and you know so maintaining a foundation etc takes uh, effort and uh, this one would make it much easier Okay. Do you want to like touch upon specific pros and cons, like how you would compare it with, uh, you know, something like other funding mechanisms, you know, where it takes longer and, you know. Right. So the, so Moloch DAO, I think prime, the biggest pro about Moloch DAO is its simplicity and its focus, right? So it does not pretend to be a reputation mechanism or it doesn't have any kind of, uh, you know, permissions or anything like that. Uh, it's very straightforward. 
the there is a proposal there is a uh, uh, proposals basically are sequenced so you can do only one uh, the dao uh, the uh, the the organization focuses one proposal at a time there is a voting period of 7 days where a proposal gets either gets approved or it gets rejected based on the number of people who voted okay it's not like an absolute majority is required or anything like that whoever participated the majority the they basically decide uh, whether it gets approved or rejected uh there is uh, a sim- uh, so there is a simple mechanism to exit if you don't like it and uh, uh the i mean the, there is a barrier to entry so that you don't get spam proposals um on the other hand there is a those pros can also be considered cons right so one thing is that you can say okay 7 days for a complicated proposal may not be enough so maybe the projects that are uh approved uh, uh would have to be necessarily be simple enough that people can understand but again you could make the argument that uh even before you put the proposal up for voting you can reach out to the members of the molok dao and uh, you know explain the uh, proposal to them and uh, do that due diligence before actually putting it up for voting right uh, another one is uh, another problem which i see is that it is actually permissioned so you need to know somebody in the network to propose right so that basically might be a uh, bigger con so unless you know uh, it's it's your web of trust if you you need to know somebody you know know somebody and that potentially i think is a more more of a uh, con uh, right now but again it's got reasonably well known people in the uh, in the uh, community over there and uh, since it's such a narrowly focused to su- supporting ethereum 2.0 uh, you uh, anyway if your proposal is not related to that it's the, it will probably get rejected and if your proposal is indeed related to that the people inside that molok dao right now are all luminaries in ethereum are all at the forefront of ethereum research so they will be able to recognize the uh, uh, you know the merits of the proposal and uh, propose you so yeah so that's that's pretty much uh, i'd say the pros and cons right i think uh, there's this couple of daos which are actually uh, they are being supported on the molok dao as well uh and i think they are they are pretty much clones of uh, molok dao and one is called yang dao and uh, there's another one called meta cartel dao uh so small clarification on meta cartel meta cartel is not direct, uh, supported by molok dao it's just a clone of molok dao so they took the code and cloned it uh meta cartel actually is uh, started by a guy called peter pan uh, i think he had a proposal that was rejected by molok dao but he was uh so enthusiastic and uh, or rather he liked the molokdao process so much that he decided to create his own uh, yangdao on the other hand was something that was supported by molokdao right right so yangdao actually ties up directly to uh, the presidential elections that are uh, coming up uh, next year in the us uh, so there's this candidate a dem- democratic candidate named andrew yang the yangdao is uh, is sort of a funding mechanism for 
the, his fans or his followers to support his campaign, you know, to, to actually conduct some sort of marketing activities. See, it's kind of ironic, right? Because Yang Dao, uh, or rather the Yang, the thing support, being supported by Molok Dao is kind of against the rules of the Molok Dao. <laughs> if, you, if you look at it. Because Molok Dao is supposed to be actually only for Ethereum 2.0, or at least that's what they purport to be in the white paper. And yet you have these proposals coming from uh, this particular uh, Yang Dao. I mean, I guess you could make the argument about uh, uh, SEC support or cryptocurrency support or whatever uh, being a larger good. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I personally don't, I, I see that as a, uh, an instance where, you know, uh, that is uh, not aligned. But then I guess if it doesn't matter so much if the majority of the people are in the DAO are also <laughs> supporters, then I guess it wouldn't matter that much. There are actually, in terms of DAOs, there are a couple of other projects as well. Uh, one is called Aragon. Aragon has been there for a while now. I think it was, came out in 2017. Uh, it's kind of like a framework for building DAOs. So they were very focused on the permissions, uh, on uh, creating a modular structure uh, uh, and you know uh, tools to actually define protocols and things like that. So Aragon uh, is this uh, development framework where you can use Aragon to build uh, uh, your own DAO, right? And I think there are a few called Aragon Black, and uh, there is another one called uh, uh, I don't. Uh, I think it's called uh, Aragon One, okay? And these basically are DAOs that are kind of being built on Aragon. Uh, there's actually another one uh, which is kind of interesting called uh, Colony. Colony essentially is also a DAO uh, that uh, looks at uh, that uses reputation. Uh, so you join colony and you uh, you can have you start off with a small reputation and then you have to build up your reputation based on the work, kind of work that you are doing and uh, they have a uh, uh, so you your your projects would get or you would get funded uh, based on your reputation so people with a higher reputation in colony get funded more quickly whereas uh, people with a uh, low reputation uh, get funded more slowly and the interesting thing is that the reputation basically decays over time so if you don't actually keep actively improving your reputation uh, it actually uh, kind of decays and then you know you you lose your uh, funding and it's also the funds are allocated continuously as a function of time as uh, uh, opposed to you know discrete pass fail so uh, you can claim you can it, it's not like uh, you immediately get all the funds you get your funds over time and uh, depending on your reputation the time taken to get your funds is less or more right so uh, Colony is kind of uh, uh, modeled as a kind of like an ant colony, you know, in which in independent ants uh, are uh, kind of doing their thing and then that kind of creates these this collective enterprise, this collective uh, uh, colony of uh, uh, collective organism that actually does outsized things, right? Uh, one of the challenges obviously is that it, Colony is still uh, under development, it's, it's got a test net but I don't think it has a main net and uh, yeah so, the, so that's that's not out yet 
in contrast to aragon or uh, molokta great so i think that sort of wraps up uh, you know where daos currently stand and the, the various different projects you know that that are in the space right now and uh, molokta definitely i think is one of the uh, really promising projects from ethereum which has attracted a lot of good mind space in the community so i think it will be quite interesting to see how it develops and uh, you know uh, how how the regulators look at it and uh, how the whole decentralized movement moves forward so i guess yeah that wraps it up so that concludes our podcast we hope that you found this episode on molokda useful You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and also you can learn more about us on bcdialogues.com. Thanks again for joining. See you next time.